Hello and welcome to another episode of the Auto Trader Podcast. My name is Wandile Sishi. And I'm George Mini. And today we have a super interesting show. Uh, we're joined by our friends from Public Park Racing. So, long time coming. Um, and I think we'll unpack you, you know, we'll get to know you guys a little bit better. Super interesting show. Plus, on top of that, we also have a super interesting car in the studio, um, which we'll unpack a little bit further. But yeah, I think I'm, George, you know, we always do this thing where we kind of do some quick fire questions. So I'm hoping you can, you know, give us a little bit of a lowdown on, on who the team is. Well, uh, I hope you gave, um, uh, Paolo and Will a little bit of a heads up, but, uh, <laughs> we've got, uh, we've got seven, seven questions for you. And maybe how we could, uh, how we could do this is, uh, um, I'll ask, uh, the one question and then each of you can answer very quickly. Yeah. And, uh, and we'll move on to the next one. So, uh, you know, as quickly as possible, first thought that comes to mind, um, uh, we'll start off with Paolo and then, uh, and then Will can answer straight after that. Um, so first question is winter or summer? Summer. Definitely summer. Yeah. Burger or steak? Spaghetti carbonara. <laughs> Burger. Burger, okay. A book or a movie? Movie. Movie. Oh, that's cool. Uh, in terms of vacation, bush or beach? Beach. Bush. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> right, in terms of car, ice, battery, electric, or hybrid? Uh, ice without a doubt. Uh, yeah, uh, no, hybrid, hybrid. Hybrid, okay, okay interesting. Yeah. Oh, I wonder yeah. if that comes from Formula One. Um, <laughs> and then uh, what was your first car? My first car was a Mini, 1275 GTS. Oh, wow. A Dyatza Terios. Terios. That's a bit of a difference. <laughs> yeah, a big difference there. difference, Jumping the pavements. <laughs> and then current car? Uh, Fiat 500. Fiat 500. A Suzuki Swift Sport. Oh, wow. Okay. Very okay. popular car at the moment. Thanks, Jim. Yeah. That, uh, that kind of is a little bit of an icebreaker to get to know you. Um, um, what's uh, what's yeah. interesting always for me is uh, you know the personality of somebody comes out uh, in, uh, in, in, in a book or movie, uh, bush or beach, and, uh, and usually what they eat, burger or steak. And, yeah, uh, we, it's, we've never had spaghetti before. That's definitely <laughs> off, that's off script. Should be on the list. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. Okay, well, moving on to the second part of the show. So I think um, what's really important is to understand a little bit of, of some background to popcock racing. So I think in South Africa um, – you know the racing culture is is still developing, um, but there's, it's definitely something that's that's very strong. But we need to really put some spotlights on companies that are you know you know giving experiences to to consumers ultimately. Um, but you know I think for for a company that's been you guys have been doing this for what forty years now. Yeah, exactly since nineteen eighty one. Yeah, so you, I think nobody would probably know the industry or the racing scene as much as you guys. So can you guys just give us a little bit of a breakdown with regards to racing in South Africa, its current states, and, and what you've seen over the years? I think racing in South Africa right now is in really good shape. Yeah, uh, Motorsport South Africa is the governing body. It's extremely well managed. Mm. And uh, so I think that's like with any organization or sport, that's the beginning. Mm. Um, there are a lot of um, racing series that are running nationally and regionally at the moment, which are extremely successful, big fields of cars. Mm. For example, the BMW Club Gauteng has their own racing series, and they have entries of up to 50 cars on the grid. Mm. Uh, Volkswagen has been a big supporter of motorsport in this country. Um, all the drivers that we know of that are racing internationally at the moment, uh, in GT3, for example, the Van der Linde family, uh, Jordan Pepper, mm. they come from the Polo Cup series in South Africa. Toyota's also playing a big role now in developing talent. Mm. Um, and then separate to that, you need a so racing series, big grids, 
in um, hatch type cars, BMW. Of course. Um, then we need to look at the international scene. Uh, GD3 back in South Africa, the nine hour has now run for a couple yes. of years at Kailami. Uh, there's a really good chance we'll get a Grand Prix here. So <laughs> yeah. that's exciting. Fingers crossed. And then, uh, and then we need to look at the industry. Yeah. Um, not many people know that the front running cars in most categories of the Dakar are mm. built in, in South Africa and supported by South African teams. Mm. Uh, Glen Hall with Toyota Motorsport, Toyota Gazoo Racing, is, is right near Kailami, an amazing business, world standard. Yeah. Uh, Stuart Thompson, the same with the buggies. Uh, Redline Racing, also producing uh, off-road cars that are extremely successful internationally. So there's an industry here that is really at, at the summit of what's happening internationally. Okay. Um, not many know of all of that. So I think motor racing in South Africa, from a competitive point of view, is in good shape. Okay. The rally scene as well. And there's some really impressive businesses that, uh, that represent us on the international stage. I mean, that, that's surprising to me because um, I, I was under the impression that motorsport in South Africa was a dying breed. Mm. I mean, um, you know, when, when, when I've heard people talk about motorsport in South Africa, it's so expensive to get into and, uh, you know, you can't, uh, you can't uh, compete internationally and all the negative stuff. And what you're saying is that's actually not the case. I don't think that's the case. Um, there's an, uh, I forgot to mention there's a very strong karting scene as well. And yeah. today, you know, look, the sport's different to what it was 30, 40 years ago. Mm. You know, 30, 40 years ago, if you had six races at Kailami in one season, it was a lot. It's a bit like the rugby. Look how many test matches we're seeing today. Yeah. 30, 40 years ago, it was, you know, it was an event because it happened once every two months. Uh, all the categories would be in one race program on one Saturday. Today, there's so many different categories of motor racing. Um, so from a spectator perspective, that waters down the spectator support. But the activity is there. And, and, you know, if you want to go motor racing, start in the carts. If you're of a certain age, get a hatch and yeah. go and start racing club racing or get a, get a, a BMW that would, which is not too expensive and not expensive to run. And join the BMW Racing Series. Mm. Great way to start. It's a great way to start. And, uh, I mean, w our, our very own Sean Nurse was asked by Toyota. Yeah, that's the, true. Uh, the GR Cup. Is it the GR Cup, eh? Yeah, yeah, yeah right. the GR Cup to, uh, to be one of their, um, uh, one of their drivers, which, because yeah. uh, he's, he's, he's the only part, you know, he's the only person in the whole of Auto Trader who has a racing license. <laughs> so, uh, so, you know. We, yeah, well, so far, we're working on it. <laughs> 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 what is next? Who, who you support is not going to get you a racing license <laughs> uh, you gotta you try everything you know what i mean who knows maybe after today i may com be converted they should take lewis's ha lewis hamilton's racing license away they should what <laughs> what why would you say that so, so if, if, i bet you george yeah. if you were a team manager and you had to look at whom you'd employ as your drivers for me, Lewis Hamilton would be number one on my list. No, I, 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 to be to be honestly, to to, to be fair, it's it's really just a, a, a running um, a running joke between Wendy and I. Mercedes a three-year running joke. A three-year running joke. Mercedes a different discussion. Yeah. <laughs> from okay, let me ask Will. From a competitive point of view, I think George mentioned something that's quite important. He said it's it's it seems like it's a dying breed. But yeah. do you feel, from a competitive point of view, that the youth is not really taking up racing as much as the older generation because I think that that could be a problem. I, I think it's it's a great time because guys are getting into motorsport, but not only in on the track, but in 
uh, esports. Okay, yeah, um, that's true. So I think there's a, a great time with that. You got guys racing um, at home in their in their lounge, and then avenues to get into it. So in the old older days, it was get in with carts. Now guys getting into the motorsports industry uh, through simulators. Um, yeah, and yeah, enjoying it there, and then finding themselves in the actual seat of the race car. Yeah, I've seen that a few times. One of my good friends actually was um, he does he races on Gran Turismo. And now he's one of the top ten in the world, and he's looking at you know doing the transition. Is there is there a is there a close link between simulator racing and I think there is. Racing? There uh, is in in in, in the, I mean the sophisticated simulators you get today. There is. You guys have got a simulator, right? We have two. Yeah, we've we've got two simulators. We've got a a, a Formula One full scale simulator, which we do uh, great branding activations with that and. Um, it's it's a little bit more archaic, um, and then we've got a, a Fanatec um, GT3 simulator, which mm. is super realistic. It's got all the feedback; you can feel the ABS kicking through the pedals, and and that's more realistic. And, and that's where you see the guys practicing um, before they go out on track and having having actual competitions. You know, you've got the Lamar 24 Hour with guys racing real cars, and then you've got guys racing um, simulators for 24 hours as well. I've actually been on that simulator and I actually got beaten by one person. Do you know who that is, George? It was a real racing driver. It was Hamilton. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> it was Samson Pepper. Um, we were actually having the show. So okay. she's the only person who beat me on that day, to be fair. And there's, you know, I've heard rumblings that you're also going to be setting a time on that simulator. Yeah, so uh, so we, we're partnering with, uh, with Public Clark Racing at yeah. uh, the Festival of Motoring, which we'll, we'll get to in a second, um, after we've kind of discussed this very interesting car <laughs> yeah. in front of us here. Um, but, uh, uh, but yeah, I'm going to attempt to set a record um, on the simulator at the Festival of Motoring, and, uh, and then um, whoever beats my time gets entered into a, uh, a competition. So, uh, so in order to get entered into the competition at the Festival of Motoring, you have to beat my time. But the, I must warn you i'm going to go and spend uh, almost an entire day in that simulator so <laughs> so so it's going to be a little bit uh, a little bit of kind of progression to get to my time but yeah. uh, but i'm going to spend a day in that simulator to to try and set a really good lap time but talking about simulators yes. um i suppose I suppose it is a a truth in that um aircraft uh, pilots they train Predominantly on simulators uh, to learn new aircraft before they actually get to fly the thing. So, so I suppose if the technology is there, it mm. really is a realistic uh, environment um, to learn to to drive a car around a track. It's a massive feature in Formula One. Yeah. Um, the budget cap, which we're probably all familiar with now, but uh, a number of years back, uh, testing became uh, controlled by Formula One. Um, Predominantly to ensure that um, teams with lower budgets mm. and not necessarily all the finances to go testing every day uh, could have an even chance with those that had more finances. Mm. I think that uh, initiative backfired because um, all the money was then uh, invested in developing simulators. Oh. Yeah. So today the Formula One drivers are in a simulator Probably every day of the week. They're probably driving more now That's than they were training. Essentially, yeah. Yeah. 
That's why and, the Hamilton's and, getting so good. And the sophistication <laughs> yeah. of those simulators is what we then see coming out in, in what you can buy, you know, publicly. Yeah. Yeah. But that's a good thing for technology, though, because now you know you can have uh, the uh, you know average individual who can't afford to race in one of these exactly. now yeah. kind of live out some of their passion because they can race somebody in another country, for instance, yeah. because of the because of the internet, right? And the competitions are exactly like that. You're racing people from around the world. It's not like you you know racing a time. It's oh, great. Amazing. You know, look at Netflix, Drive to Survive. Look yeah. at, you know, the, the, the movie Cars. Yeah. And now simulators. Motor cars, motor racing is potentially flat out in the lounge. Yeah. 100%. Whether it's grandma, grandpa, or the young children watching, they're all taking an interest. Yeah. And I suppose if you've yeah. had a if you had a childhood passion and you're like seventy five, uh, you know you're taking very little risk. And um, plus, you're living out some of your childhood passion. It's not too expensive. So, so, so in a way, does it mean that it really backfired on Formula One because it's created this technology? I think it's been a good thing. Yeah, it's been a good. Got to live with the times. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And access, I think, is that's ultimately what you're saying. Exactly. It gives yeah. you access. So for anybody who doesn't know who public clock racing is, uh, do you mind just giving us a little bit of a breakdown on exactly what you guys do? Sure. Um, we have two uh, main activities. Yeah. Firstly, I should say my name's Paolo Cavalieri, mm. uh, not Paolo Clark. Mm. Uh, Paolo Clark um, was the founder of the, of the team uh, some 41 years ago. Uh, had to use a false name so that his parents didn't know what he was doing, <laughs> and uh, and and today it's it's very much a team around that brand. Okay. Uh, our focus for the last forty-one years has been motor racing. Mm. We race our own cars, and we also um, provided an arrive and drive um, facility and service for racing car owners that need their car looked after and prepared by a racing team. So you don't only focus on um, Ferraris. Um, it's you know no, it's, kind of a, any it, racing car. Essentially. It's two brands uh, mainly. Okay. It would be any racing car, depending. But it's two brands mainly, not Mercedes, <laughs> um, and that's because we're very much BMW yeah. and we're very much Ferrari. Okay. okay. The second aspect of our business is events and experiences. Um, yeah. We have sponsors and partners such as yourselves yeah. that uh, that we provide experience opportunities to. And also to the public. But I think William should uh, expand on that a little bit. Yeah, so we, we would classify we've got sort of two avenues for our, for our experiences. An on-track experience, mm. which would go to, you can ask a question, have you driven a, a Ferrari on track before? Mm. Or have you been in a Ferrari on track before? And if the, the answer is no, we've, we've got the, the ability to create a, the experience to say, yes, I have been in the passenger seat of a, a Ferrari racing car with a professional racing driver. Or to tick a bucket list item off as I've driven a Ferrari racing car on track yeah. with a pro coaching me. So I wouldn't necessarily have to have driven a racing car for me to go and hop into a racing car, like well, the racing the, Ferrari. The Ferrari passenger racing seat, car, yeah. right? Uh, not, not at all. You don't have to have dri- been able to... Yeah, we, we would take you from nothing yeah. to driving a Ferrari racing car on track with no prior experience. Oh, wow. I mean, I've been in one of your Ferraris in the passenger seat. Um, I've been in one of your Ferraris, and uh, it was around Swatkops, if I remember. Exactly. 
um, and uh, it was an unbelievable experience. Uh, you know, yeah. I still I still got all the photographs from uh, from from going in that Ferrari of yours. It was an unbelievable experience, and I think you know, uh, too few people know about Pablo Clark and uh, and what you guys do in the public domain. I mean, yes, we pa- we we partner with you um, uh, on a regular basis, uh, you know, to bring our consumers experiences. But I think it's a little known fact that you actually have a facility yeah. and you cater for a uh, a public demand and, as you say, a bucket list item, which is you know, a lot of people's once want. in a lifetime experience. Yes, and, and it's it's cool because we got the, the on track experiences and we got the off track experiences where it's. It's an opportunity to get a taste of what it's like to be in a in a racing team. Yeah. With what we call our, our Ferrari pit crew experience. I've actually done that that experience and yeah. it was mind blowing. Like I can't. It was, you know, you always see it on TV and you see like the the pit crews doing things, but when you do it yourself and then it puts things in context in context of like changing a tire in one point nine seconds is is out of this world. It's out of this world quick. Um, and you can actually go and try that out and, and try it's, and beat that time. It's a different uh, corporate team build event. Yeah. You know, we teach you how to weld. You do the Formula One pit stop. We put you in the simulator. Yeah. Uh, we get you to work on an engine. Yeah. And we split you up in teams. So it's, it's, it's a fun competition as well. It's not just about the driver. Cause yeah. So often people That's think true. it's just about the driver. You know, oh, just yeah. about Lewis, but it's a team behind. It's never about Lewis. <laughs> it's always <laughs> about us. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, no, that's so true. It is, it, it is bigger than just the driver. Um, ultimately, I think uh, it's like any business in any sort of you know uh, scenario in life. You do need a team if you're gonna uh, win, and it's a great way to kind of experience that. So let's talk about this car. Yes, um, you know, uh, you 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 brought it into studio here for us. Did you drive it here? That's the first question. Um, we'd love to drive it. It's it's a pure <laughs> pucker racing car. It's a sports prototype. Uh, two-seater, so uh, I think the potholes and the speed bumps would be a bit of a problem. Ah, okay. Where on the street is you can actually go and drive this car? Like it's not... So this is a racetrack car. It's a yeah. pure racing car. Uh, it's a great example of what I was saying earlier on about our industry here. Mm. The car was designed and built by Matthew Nash, yeah. a South African based in Johannesburg. Uh, we've developed the car um, since we've, we've had it in our team. Mm. And uh, and we make this car available for experiences. So um, you to know, drive so as well, or as a passenger, yeah, you can, you can, it well. you can get strapped into the driver's seat of this car. I mean, it's we were talking about bucket list items, and in the Ferrari experiences, we say, "Come drive a, a Ferrari racing car, have an experience." Yeah. This is one one notch up. We say, "Come and compete in an actual race event." Wow! So we we would um, train you. Um, get you all kitted up. You would have your own tailor-made race suit. Um, we'll give you a helmet, all the, all the race gear. we prep you. we give you the race craft. Um, we put you in the um, driver's seat. We strap our driving coach, our pro driving coach next to you. And, yeah, we, we, our aim is to get you driving even better than um, the clerks or all the Hamiltons. Um, and, yeah, it's, it's, it's a once-in-a-lifetime experience to actually – Go and compete in a in an actual race, not just not just an experience. So it, it's it's a build up, uh, driver coaching um, to get you ready for the race. Then we go through practices, we do qualifying like we see the guys yeah. do in Formula One, and then we actually compete. Um, so we get you a racing license 
Um, as I said, you'd have all the equipment, um, the skills, the, the race suits. At the end of the day, you get to keep that race suit. Wow. You get to go home with the helmet as well. So how long does that progression take? So, you know, I come there, I'm green. Trust me, I'm green. I'm, uh, I'm green, um, uh, and and I and I and I and I want I want a racing license. Okay, so you know you you mentioned that you 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 can walk away from Pablo Clark with a racing license. You know how long does that take generally? I mean, I know some like Hamilton will take like three years, and um, you know another person might take three weeks. But uh, um, uh, uh, how long does it generally take for the for the green individual? So we would start. With a, a Wednesday afternoon, we'll do um, our training on that Wednesday afternoon with, with our, our, our driver coach. Um, he, he's our in-house pro driver coach, so that's his job is to, to get you from green to um, checkered flag, so to speak. So, um, yeah, it, it, it's, it's a process. Uh, I'd say um, the full day, full afternoon with, with him in the car would, would um, be enough to, to get you up to scratch. And then with the practices on the Friday um, and then, yeah, it's 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 not it's not rocket science. Uh, yeah. it's driving. But would you would you have to drive for hours and hours? I mean, I would imagine a couple of hours, you start to get the feel. But you know, racing license material. What does that actually mean? So, so let me come in here. So we'd get you a regional license. Okay. In order to get a regional license, you have to have a driver's license. Yeah. That's it. Obviously, not a we bought one. Um, <laughs> you have to teach them to drive. <laughs> we would then check that out when when you come to the private uh, coaching session, as William has described, and we'd have the track to ourselves. Uh, I'll drive a coach with you, and you'll drive for a number of hours. Get in the car, get out, have a rest, chat about the lines and where to brake and what gears to use. And by the end of the day, you should be fairly, you know, competent with the car. It's not difficult to drive. Um, we then enter you in a race meeting. You'd have a Friday uh, where the official um, practices take place for the Saturday's race meeting, and then Saturday race. Ideally an endurance race of an hour or two. No, no. So you get some good track time, and we'd suggest it's two people. So bring your friend, mm. and, uh, and, and we'll have pit stops during the race, and you can change drivers. We'll refuel the car, and away you go. And that's a real taste of real motor racing. That's yeah, you know, at a beginner level, yeah. but competitive and uh, and and really great fun. You know, yeah. No. Wow, that's that's incredible. I mean, I, I, I like honestly didn't know that Pablo Clark. Yeah. I mean, we've known each other for a long time um, as two businesses, but uh, I didn't know that Pablo Clark offered all of these uh, these things for the public. Uh, you know, so so that, that's actually incredible. I didn't so, know any company in South Africa gave true. gave like this much in depth yes. sort of experience. Yeah, so it's just, it shows you the passion. So so what is this car called? We call it an SP two. SP2. Sports prototype two-seater. Okay. Um, it's also referred to as a Nash, uh, which is the individual that designed, uh, developed, and built the car. Um, and I think it's best described as a sports prototype, which is what it is. It has a two-liter Volkswagen engine, uh, four-cylinder. and Naturally aspirated. Uh, naturally aspirated, and um, it pushes out some good power. You know, it's a very light... Uh, car. So the power to weight ratio is good. There's a great balance um, from a handling perspective and a braking perspective. The car does around 1 minute 12s, 1 minute 11s at Swartkorps. So that's that's going. Yeah, that is going. That is going. Great place to learn. It has racing tires, of course. 
and a giant wing, <laughs> and a, a giant wing, and a manual gear shift. Yeah. Okay. So okay. you know the nice thing with the manual gear shift is it's it's tactile. You're driving. Yes. You're not sitting there with a paddle shift. Going back to the Ferrari question you asked earlier on, you know if you have a driving license, our racing Ferraris are really easy to drive because they're paddle shift, which is like an automatic car. Okay. It's when you get to the limit. And the brakes and the tires start working that you really think, wow, this is something special because wow. road holding is amazing. That's incredible. So uh, just, yeah, I think we're almost out of time. But before we, we do run out of time, so Festival Motoring is coming up on the 26th, I think it's 26th, 28th of August, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and you guys are going to be there. Um, so what can anybody expect coming to your stand? you can expect to definitely see some special um, period and, and classic um, race cars from, as Paolo was mentioning earlier, we've, we've got a deep connection with Ferrari and, and secondly the connection with BMW so pop past and, and see some of those incredible um, race cars that we'll have on display, um, cars yeah. that we're going around track, um, definitely see the SP2 there and see that on track um, with some of our, our clients' race cars there as well Nice. Um, yeah so, so the SP2 will be on the, on the Auto Trader stand, yep. and we also have a Ferrari that will be uh, part of the Auto uh, Auto Trader setup. Exactly, and uh, providing um, all those people that will manage to do a much quicker time than George in the simulator mm-hmm. to go <laughs> out and for some hot laps. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, no, we'll definitely be there as well. Um, so as mentioned, yeah, we'll have a few um, amazing cars on show as well as a, a lot of experiences. So. Come, come through and also see us there. Um, and also if you're going to be, if you're interested in selling a car or buying a car, you can also do that there at the Auto Trader stand. So we'll definitely be there. But before we leave, I can't let you guys go without talking about Formula One. I just can't. I think it would be an injustice to myself, to the viewers, to George, to Lewis Hamilton. Uh, to Lewis Hamilton. <laughs> so I think this off the bat, how have you found the season? We're having, we're at the break right now. So how have you found, um, the season thus far? I think it's been a great season. You know, yeah. the cars look beautiful. They're stunning. So I think some of the changes they've brought about there has been great. It's been really interesting to see the different approaches from a technical point of view. Yeah. Take Mercedes, Red Bull, and Ferrari as three different examples, um, which is great because the designers come through as well. For sure. William was talking about the importance of the team. It's not just the driver. And uh, yes, Max is doing extremely well. I think he's got a Red Bull that's probably the, not probably definitely the best car on the track. <laughs> I think I think Leclerc really has to drive the wheels of that Ferrari to keep up. You think so? And and yeah. that's his talent coming through. It's great to see um, the Mercedes guys, despite me not being a Mercedes fan, but yeah. I am a Lewis fan, and it's great to see them coming through. Yeah. And I think it's lovely to see him really showing his uh, talent at this age. Mm. with a really strong young teammate. Mm. Uh, you know, I think Abu Dhabi at the end of last year was very tough. If you were Lewis Hamilton to come yep. back from that psychologically and emotionally, mm. it's not surprising that it's taken him a good number of races to get his mojo back. For sure. So the season starts again in uh, at the end of this month, yep. and it'll be great to see how it all converges. The more competitive, the more competitors at the front, the better. Yeah. I think... No, please, please, George. So, so, sorry, Ronnie. Uh, do, do you think that Leclerc is is really um, at the top of his game? I mean, Wendy and I were talking about yeah. this uh, last week or the week before. Um, it it just it seems to me like Leclerc is where Verstappen was a year or two ago. He's making a few mistakes. He's a really good driver, but he's pushing the car beyond what uh, what the car's capability is, not realizing where that edge is. 
I'll let William go first. I, I, <laughs> I'd, like to, I'd like to comment on that as well, but Will. Um, yeah. I think it. I think it's deeper. I think there's there's a lot a lot behind uh, behind it. It's, it's. I think there's a lot of pressure on him, um, and I think it, it's it's pushing through into his driving. I think he's got the, a good uh, good race craft and uh, good understanding. Um, but yeah, I, th- I think I think sad to say there's um, not the, the support from from the team um, pushing through. So I'd say firstly, if you're a Ferrari driver, it's uh, it's immense pressure. Mm-hmm. You know, all these other teams, all of which deserve the highest level of respect, they're a team. Mm. Ferrari's not just a team. Mm. It's a nation, mm. and it's much more global than any other motoring brand we know. Well, so, I, I, I think you're right. I said to, yeah. to Wandy, it feels to me like Ferrari is, uh, is, is giving their strategy to the driver in Italian and using Google Translate <laughs> to translate that strategy. Yeah. So uh, certainly they've made mistakes this year which are difficult to understand from the outside looking in. Mm. But I'd like to answer your question. I think Leclerc is right there and has all that he needs to win the World Championship right now. And I think he's been there for a while. If you go back to the Monza Grand Prix a couple of years ago when he won his second Grand Prix, yeah. I think he led more or less from start to finish. Mm. And he had Lewis in his prime with mm. a Mercedes that was the best car in the field, mm. chasing him down for the full 60, 70 laps of that Monza GP. And Leclerc kept it together and won yeah. already then. So right now, I think there are a whole host of factors that uh, revolve around his performance. You know, he's made fundamentally one mistake. I don't think this last uh, mistake is down to the driver. If you analyze, so about the, the, what's it called, the throttle issue? Possibly the throttle issue, but, uh, but you know, these drivers also represent manufacturers. Mm. Yeah. So what they say in public it's important. It's important, yeah. it needs to be, you know, tempered and controlled. Yes. And they represent a team. Mm. So they're not going to say, my throttle was the problem. You yeah. Know, they might you know, take the blame for themselves and, and take a knock on behalf which is of the what team. He, which is what he did, what he did true yeah. or not true. Which is it's probably what he did with yeah. that. So I think the only mistake we saw was Imola. Um, and, you know, we put so much emphasis on that. But I think, you know, he's been on pole how many times? But he um, didn't convert, which is why I have a problem well, with Charles. Team, the team didn't convert. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I don't have a problem with Charles. Mm. I think that uh, I think he's damn good. And, uh, and I think he's driving the wheels of the car, which is probably not the fastest all-round package. Okay. Um, you know, on the so, then, the so then that kind of begs the question, though. If, if uh, Red Bull and Verstappen have the best car and a world-class driver that Verstappen has become, yes. why are they not winning every single race and on pole on every single race? I think Verstappen has... Had a, Such a good question. First of all, I think Verstappen is, is right at his prime. He's without a doubt the best driver in the field. Yep. Very few mistakes. Recovers well from his mistakes. Lewis was the same. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I think he has a package in the car that's, that's, that's absolutely top notch. So he's, he's almost driving within himself. We've seen many races where from second place, mm. not just in the grid, but in the race, He's come through and won. Mm. So, so I think they're dominant at this moment in time. Yeah. But not that dominant that without a little, you know, issue okay. here or there, I wouldn't yeah. say mistake, but issue here or there, the others are close enough to be able to. So they're the leading team, but the, the, the dominance factor is not there like Mercedes had a couple of years back. Um, 
Almost. Yeah. This is a an Adrian Newey car as well. And, yeah. and Newey has been has produced at the top of the game design range yeah. of cars over the years from Senna Prost days mm. to today. I think um I think there's one thing that was not emphasized enough and I think Max is just that good now. He last year was the greatest simulator you'll ever get, going up against arguably one of the greatest of all time. Um through and through for an entire season. You're not going to come back the same. You're going to be a lot better. And I think now he's at a level where I think not even Charles can, can keep up. I don't think even Lewis can keep up. I think he's, uh, you know, my, my, my personal perspective is uh, the difference between the Verstappen from last year and the year before and this year is his emotional intelligence. And, yeah. uh, his emotional intelligence and uh, his head is in the game. Mm. Whereas before he was a little bit of an emotional, unstable character. He would make decisions, get angry, and that would affect his race. That was my perspective. This year, I see a very calculated individual. Somebody he's, that's he's matured. Yes, yeah. he's matured, and, and that'll continue. Also, let's not forget that for all the other teams, other than Mercedes and Red Bull, Mercedes and Red Bull are absolutely sharp. Given yeah. the competitive situation they've been in in the past couple of years, yeah, and I think that you know that sharpness comes with time sure. and competition. So Ferrari will get there. Yeah. Hopefully, McLaren too. Hopefully, some of the you know lesser teams. That yeah. are further back in the grid. It'll be great to see, you know, a, a more balanced, um, or a more more equal, or, yeah, a more equal set of, of compet- competition across the teams. For sure, for sure. That is literally all the time we have for. I think oh, we can damn. keep going on and on and on. But thank you so much for coming through, uh, gentlemen. It's been an absolute pleasure, and we'll see you guys next time. See you at the festival of motoring. <laughs> Thanks for having us.